0: Hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosks and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler. And I am here to break down some matchups of Dolphins Steelers Sunday night. I'm expecting a very competitive game. I'm expecting Tua versus Pickett. Who's to say? I mean, I'm recording this Thursday around 1 p.m. So there are some practice nuggets with these injuries that I'm still unsure of. Um, Let's talk first when Miami has the football. Now, don't take this the wrong way. We all saw what happened on the field to Tua, that optic, his concussions, all those things. But I don't mean to sound coarse or, you know, rough here, but you got to hit this guy. You know, I mean, he's returning from a major injury. This sport is not kind or soft. You have to hit him a lot and make him feel uncomfortable. I mean, however you want to interpret that. I'm not saying hit him in the head. I'm not saying do him anything illegal, take out his knees, but you need to hit him a lot. And whatever that takes, if you're getting home, we'll talk about their line here, but if you're getting home with four, great. If you got to heat him up, do it. I mean, I think you have to hit this guy a lot. That is a huge key to me. And please don't take that the wrong way. I'm not trying to end this guy's career. I'm not trying to send him off on a stretcher or have a, uh, you know, similar instance to what happened uh, and everyone else saw. I just think that that's the nature of the sport. Making quarterbacks uncomfortable, and I, it's probably the best word, um, is important to winning football games, and you're here to win a football game. So there you have it. I also think, sort of like we talked about with Tampa That every time Miami runs the ball, give or take, it's a good thing, you know, that I really don't want Waddle and Tyreek to abuse you. You you know, I I think that maybe in nickel situations, you play dime in base situations, you play nickel, have some lighter personnel out there. So the Tua comes to the line and says, we can bully them. We got the we got the bigger personnel here. I'm going to hand the football off. Um, Raheem Mostert could certainly break long ones, but I don't think their run blocking is particularly good. I don't think their backs are particularly good. And I think Tyreek and Waddle are particularly great. So if that means backing off the line of scrimmage to get Tua to check to runs, I think that's a good thing, you know, all in all. And again, it shortens the game I, big plays are my enemy. I mean, so that, that ties in with my next key here is just no big plays. So if Tyreek and Waddle, you know, nickel and dime you to death, out route, slant tackle, I think I can live with that. And that might still result in a lot of Miami points. But what you can't have, and I assume Minka will be back and will have a lot to do with this. Is the huge gainer, you know? And oh, by the way, I think Minka is has has and uh, uh, maybe a little bone to pick with these guys as well as is Robert Flores. We will get to that as well. Um, but I think no big plays in terms of backing off the line of scrimmage. Making them screen you to death. I mean, they'll throw receiver screens to Tyreek like crazy. They, last year, they went insane with that kind of stuff with, with wide receiver screens, usually to waddle. Obviously, Tyreek wasn't on the team. The thing that worries me a little bit, though, is Tua's strengths are the quick game. You know, timing and rhythm passer. Ball comes out at the right time. His back foot hits. Boom. Put it where it needs to be. Move on, do it again. So you might be playing to his strengths with a lot of off coverage and whatnot. And that's why Miami built their team this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's take a step back. I don't think I've talked about this enough. So Miami's whole offseason was about how do we make Tua successful or give him enough rope that he shows he's not Kind of the same with Philadelphia. with Jalen Hurts. They traded for AJ Brown. You know Miami traded for Tyreek. So what did Miami do? Well, first of all, their owner apparently tampered with a bunch of coaches. Uh, then they settle on McDaniel, who is a offensive mastermind that runs a very quarterback friendly system, coming over from San Francisco, where it was very friendly to Jimmy. Um, and then you go get an unbelievably dangerous receiver in Tyreek, and have rare speed matched with Waddle, who you inherited which will back everyone off the line of scrimmage and allow Tua to do what he does well, which is quick game, you know? Um, I know, by the way, you also signed a left tackle to big money in Armstead. We'll get to them next. So, in a way, you're doing what they designed the offense to do by taking away the big plays and begging them to run and all those things I just talked about. But it's still probably the best answer. I mean... (laughs) Gabe Davis catching 98 yarders isn't going to cut it. And these guys are more than capable of doing exactly that. Um, I think Tua is a good enough deep passer. He's not a big armed guy, but he's a good enough deep passer. You know, so I don't think you want those cracks. I would much rather, again, brings back the original point. I want them handing the football off more than anything. Um, Which brings us to the state of the Miami O-line. We really need to pay attention to Armstead. He started last game. He's a, he's a, one of the best left tackles in the league. Durability has been a problem with him throughout his career, and as he ages, it seems like it's more of a problem. They may regret putting as much money into, them as, into Armstead as they did for that reason, but not for his play. Um, but he injured his toe early last week, out for the game. Don't know if he's playing in this one. They moved Little over to left tackle, and oh boy, was he bad. You know, and Highsmith will eat his lunch. And I think Little will probably play right tackle if Armstead does start this game. So, no matter what, I think Little's going to be a problem for Miami. The other problem Miami has, too, is if you watch Dolphins Vikes, like every stunt the Vikes ran, or every loop or game they did up front. Miami rarely picked it up. You know, a lot of free rushers. So Smith was the main culprit. So I would think you're going to see a lot more stunting and things like that. Um, I mentioned their off season additions. Another off season addition was Connor Williams. He's a guard from the Cowboys. First of all, I should have told you this to start with. I thought the dolphins had the worst offensive line in the league last year. So they're, they're going from 32nd to hope to get to 20 or so. Steeler fans can relate. Um, and I don't know if this is true or not, this is pure speculation by me, but Connor Williams is a guard. He was not doing the line calls in Dallas. He was not doing any of the mental stuff. Where's the mic? You know, fan your protection, this way, all that kind of stuff. Well, I assume as a center for the Dolphins, he is. Maybe he's not good at it because he's a guard doing center jobs. So I think as much as you can throw at them, schematically, stunts, slants, all that stuff I talked about, is a way you have to attack and also I think you have to say is Armstead in or not is he 100% does he move well with that toe you know where is that so that's kind of this the dolphin offense versus Steeler defense the way I see it I'll be back in a minute we'll flip this thing around All right, I assume Kenny's going to get the start. Um, some of these keys are doesn't matter who the Steelers quarterback is, but because it'd be his third career start, you got to handle blitz. I mean, this is one of the blitz heaviest teams in the league. Um, Robert Flores built this defense, and they kept one of Flores's um, assistants to be the defensive coordinator, so it's the exact same system in place that Flores created. They have huge money invested in Jones, who's been out all year, and Howard, who's a shell of himself with an injury at corner. And they used a the first-round pick a couple years ago on Agabogany. I always butcher the heck out of his name, and he hasn't been good. But why I say that is because they are built on defense to play a lot of man coverage, leave corners on islands, or single high safety, and blitz, 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 blitz. You know, they don't have an elite pass rusher. Um, as I told you guys yesterday... Their sacks are spread out because they're blitz heavy. You know, safeties get sacks. Linebackers get sacks. Um, And a heavy blitz package against a rookie quarterback is concerning. You know, I'm very fond of Pickett from a mental standpoint. I hate the term NFL ready because nobody's NFL ready. But he's a quick processor. Um, That's just a a, a big coaching point, watching point to me, scouting point is – how does Pickett handle Blitz? And Mitch as well, but it's more concerning with Pickett because he hasn't done it. And I think Pickett's going to play. But it's a key to this game because he's going to see a lot of Blitz, no matter what. I mean, no matter how this game goes, it's just what Miami does. So hand in hand with that, it's one of the problems is Jones has been out. Howard, I think, is playing hurt, but he's certainly playing bad. He's been one of the best corners in the league the last five years, but people are picking on him like crazy. Week one, nobody threw at Howard, Zayvon Howard. Since then, they've been attacking him relentlessly, and he's been allowing big plays. So I think this has to be a big wide receiver game. You know, if you're getting one-on-ones with Deontay and Pickens particularly, but also Claypool, you got to take them. you got to attack these corners because that should be the strength of the defense, and... It's a lackluster group at best right now. So be aggressive. Attack the one-on-ones because you're going to get a lot of them. And I think a lot of the one-on-ones right now favor the Steelers receivers. They're just a better unit than the Dolphins corners. Uh, a couple of things here that are not as much X's and O's and, you know, matchups. But a huge key, if this was a, a Dolphins podcast, is got to get these things corrected. Hidden yardage. Boy, oh boy, is Miami bad right now in hidden yardage stuff. Like, if you look at all the stats last week against the Vikings, yards per play, yards created, all that stuff, you'd think Miami won that game by two touchdowns. They lost because of hidden yardage. And what do I mean by hidden yardage? Start with special teams. I don't watch special teams tape. There's only so many hours in a day. I go to Football Outsiders. I look at their DVOA special teams. Miami's 32nd in the league worst. Their field goal kicker has missed three already, especially I think they're all from 50 or out. He's missed an extra point. They've allowed a touchdown return to the Ravens. They're bad in all four phases thus far in special teams. Their punt team's bad. Their punt return team's bad. They're playing Holland, Waddle and Hill as punt returners just to generate something there and none of those guys are doing well. You know, their kickoff team's bad. Their kick coverage team's bad. You have to dominate the special teams phase in this game. Uh, Penalties have killed this team, too. I mean, they have 199 penalties, 199 yards worth of penalties over the last two weeks. You wonder why you lose games. I mean, that's why you lose games. You know, so some of them are offensive linemen being overmatched and holding. You know, we talked about O-line earlier. Some of them are going to derive from playing a lot of man coverage and grabby corners. You're going to get pass interference calls. Some of them just being not disciplined, you know. I mean, this is a, a new head coach. I think it's a very, very, very good offensive mind, by the way. But, you know, new head coaches struggle. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach or he has no discipline or his teams are always going to be penalized, but penalties have killed this team, hidden yardage. Um, turnovers are the other thing with these guys. I mean, the first couple weeks, they were – plus two or three in the turnover category after two games. Since then, they've been like minus nine, you know, so they consistently lose the turnover battle. And the quarterbacks collectively have only thrown one interception. So it's not necessarily, well, they had Skyler Thompson in there and Bridgewater. No wonder they're turning the ball over. There's been fumbles from the quarterback position, but the receivers have fumbled. They're not creating a lot of turnovers. So that's a big key as well. Some other, like, intangible type of things. Again, I'm not ripping on their head coach. I think he's going to be very good. But there's something to be said for playing on primetime, standalone game, game prep's a little different, you know, pregame meals, what do you do all day? Yeah, it's just new. You know, Tomlin's done this a million times. Their guy hasn't, you know. So I think there's something to be said for that, as well as Tomlin's record in primetime, is really good, and I don't think that's an accident. Some of it's been related, of course. But the primetime thing is real. Standalone games. You know, everyone in the world's watching Sunday Night Football is the new Monday Night Football where it's the headline game. And along those lines, I mentioned Minka. I kind of mentioned in passing Flores. I think Flores has a little something for these guys. You know, you, you think he's telling the Steelers' offenses coaches – Jerome Baker bites too hard on play action. Even Howard will get, you know, can get beat on double moves. You know, Byron Jones is quick to bite on, you know, this tight end route or whatever. I mean, he knows every weakness, especially of all the defensive guys, but certainly Tua as well. You know, there's no question about that. And I Can understand. I think he was not a big Tua fan. You know, I I don't think that Flores thought Tua was the answer, which I totally understand. So I'm sure he sees weaknesses in Tua's game. Um, It's a new head coach, but Flores's familiarity with the organization and most of the players that are in this game, to me, is a massive advantage for the Steelers. Um, Last nugget, and I almost didn't want to bring this up, but this is a primetime game. Everyone in the world's going to be watching. I'm a little worried for... I'm, I'm not worried. I bet the NFL, Goodell, you know, league office, is a little worried about the national stage here in the concussion world. I'm just throwing this out there because I hope it never comes up again. By no means. We all saw what happened to Tua. Uh, I opened the podcast by saying that. but You have Tua coming off a concussion. You have the only first-round quarterback... In this past draft coming off a concussion, you have two as backup coming off a concussion who I imagine would get thrown into the game if two were to miss any time. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, if we have concussion fest on Sunday Night Football, holy cow. I mean, the sky will fall. And I'm not even talking about the well-being of the young men. I mean, that's first and foremost, of course. But this concussion stuff is big in the NFL right now. I really hope and I bet Roger Goodell really hopes and is keeping his fingers crossed that these three, especially the starting two quarterbacks, do not hear the word concussion hardly at all or that there's any dreadful optics because there is potential for that. And I'm absolutely hoping that's not the case, of course, but I wanted to throw it out there because I think it will be either an underlying or overlying story. You know, I mean, how does it not, you know, did the Steelers rush to pick it back too much? Should two never play again? You know, all these, <laughs> all these people in the media that think they know better, you know, or did just look at the optics and the results, you know, if a doctor clears you, you go play football. That's why they're doctors. You know, I didn't go to med school. I, I don't know when a, a concussion patient should or should not go on the field. I'm not going to ever pretend to know. Okay, that's my takes. That's my last podcast for the week. Um, because they play Sunday night, I'll probably record the next one Monday morning see how that happens. But just thought of that now. Uh, over and out. We'll see you. Bye.